Doug thing Jones too. play the geek? Or he played? Or he played Camp Blanchett. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Jason. I'm Anthony. And this is the Geek Mosh Pit Podcast, episode 28. And uh, we wanted to uh, talk about some uh, movies here, like we always do. And actually, today we have a special guest, Miss Ruby Stardust. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. Yeah, we've been uh, talking about having you on the show for a little while. Um, We've been listening to your podcast, uh, Pinups and Poltergeist. Yep, that's my really, podcast. Really, really, really good podcast. Check them out uh, on um, Spotify. And uh, how many episodes do you have right now? I have nine. Ten, technically, but episode two was a two-parter. So, ten. Nine or ten, depending on how you look at it. Nice, nice. <laughs> and how long have you been doing that? Um, About ten months. Yeah. I wow. do one a month. Um, I spend a lot of time, because I cover like three subjects, so I spend a lot of time researching. Um, and between all the other stuff that I do, it's like my current output is that's what it is <laughs> yeah yeah totally that's cool what what made you want to like do a podcast um you know i just i love podcasts i've been listening to them for years now and i've always wanted to do one but i wasn't sure what to cover and then when i started getting to pin up um and talking to other people i realized there's a long like a big crossover between like sort of pin up rockabilly and goths and people who like horror and I was like, hey, there's other people who like all the same stuff as me. Um, and then one of my favorite podcasters, uh, Trey Dollface, was like, I use Anchor and it's really easy. And so I looked at it and then I just started doing it. Nice, yeah. nice. And um, yeah, we started doing our podcast uh, back in 2017. We were just like hanging out and we usually we would go to movies all the time. And then after the movie was over, we'd go outside and we'd talk about it and what we liked and what we didn't like. And we were just like, why don't we just do a podcast, you know, and... Here we are. Well, I'm so. very opinionated about movies and, and TV, and so yeah. Know. Well, because you, you hate everything. Well, everything <laughs> sucks. That's what. No, not everything sucks, but I, I definitely have uh, um, what you would consider uh, a more pessimistic, uh, uh, I guess, taste in movies, and so I get a bad rap for it. But I don't care. I'm just <laughs> more sophisticated than everybody. <laughs> So, yeah, so you do some pinup photography or an actual model? And... I do pinup modeling, which basically means um, pinup is different than regular modeling in that it's really all about your style and your skills, generally speaking. So most pinups will develop sort of their own style and their own skill in terms of hair, makeup, costuming, concepts. Um, so usually you go to the photographer, you're like, I want to do this thing, and you collaborate on it versus most models are just like your blank canvas. You show up and people make you into something, whereas a pinup, you show you have your own idea and your own vision. So it's very collaborative with the photographer. Um, and it's always usually very retro. I mean, pinup we associate with like the 50s, could be 60s or, you know, through the 30s. That's what I've always liked about pinup. It's got that kind of like old school, like retro-y feel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's got to have, it's got to have something um, retro in it. You can't be like... I've seen some people call pinup something pinup and it's like entirely modern. Every last aspect of it. And I'm like, mm, I'd say it's boudoir. And so there is like, it gets conflated these days with other things, but it has to be retro in my opinion. I don't know much about it, but I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have that no. retro feel. I do the like hair, the retro the makeup, the clothes. Because I actually, uh, when I started watching movies, um, I was like, uh, like nine or 10 when I got really into them. And I think one of the first movies I ever saw was Rebel Without a Cause with James Dean. And I just love the colors in that movie with the cars and everything and the clothes. And so mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm. I look at pinups sometimes. It kind of brings me back to that movie. Yeah. Because it's got that feel. It's got that look to it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really, I actually love the music too. I mean, I love um, 
uh, Brian Setzer. Is, it, is that right? Seltzer yeah, Brian Setzer Orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like the Horror Pops. I do like Necromantics. Those are really good oh, bands. I love the Necromantics. Like you one of my favorite live? bands. Yes, I've seen them live. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Yeah, They're great. Super fun band. Yeah, but stand up bass. I think the bass player plays like a stand up bass, and they yeah, they he used to stand cool on top shit. of it when he played it. Oh, he did. Yeah, once upon a time. He think he's a little old for that now, but he's still amazing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, they're they're a really great band, and I love like the whole horror aspect to them too. Mm-hmm. You know, because they got the whole like dark thing going on, but it's very like rockabilly yeah. and stuff. I think the other one was Reverend Horton Heat. That was oh, another. Yes. Yeah, I think he's. What is he from? The North Bay, I think. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know. But interestingly, I saw them like a couple years back um, at the Fillmore and James Hetfield was there. And that was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So um, so you're doing the, the pinup thing and you got your own podcast. So um, now what inspired you to actually do the, the pinup? Like, was there just one day where you're like, I want to do like, you know, a model for pinup photography and. This is what I chose to do. This is kind of like more the style that kind of fit you, you thought? Yeah. So, I mean, I've really been into like sort of retro style for a very, very long time. When I was like 21, I moved to San Francisco. Um, And from where I was, like the goth scene was so much bigger. And I was coming across all these different styles. And I noticed I was really attracted to people who were goth, but kind of retro in that way. Um, And so I just started picking up on it then and I've always been interested in it but I've but I was I didn't have time like I've always been in bands and performing I did like professional belly dance for a while so I was just too busy with other things but the belly dance thing kind of ran its course and then the band thing kind of ran its course um and I was like okay this is what I want to do next and I just sort of dove in and did it and yeah you know hey yeah you sing how long you been singing oh my god well Forever, but singing well, <laughs> um, probably 15 years, 16 years. Like, yeah, I started playing guitar first, actually. So I started playing guitar when I was 15. I was just too shy to sing, and I thought I sucked. And the thing with singing is you got to be confident, as you know. You know, yeah. uh, if you really think you suck, you probably will. So, <laughs> Well, because you're right in the front, and everyone's all Yeah, and you. I was just not yeah. there yet. So I started playing guitar, um, started doing rhythm guitar, and then eventually I started singing um, and then auditioning for bands as a singer instead of like a guitar player. Um, and yeah. so I sing and do rhythm. Um, so and that's is that how, how you hus- met, met your husband? Yeah, I answered wow. a Craigslist ad oh <laughs> and drove like two hours. Um, I hope not- I meet my wife that way. Craigslist, <laughs> that'd be dope. It was, yeah, I mean, so we were actually bandmates and friends for um, quite a while. We were actually dating other people when we first met, um, but we were in a band for a while. That band broke up um, and then we decided to continue working together and then, Ended up together. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Well, Yorick is, well, is the man. He is the man, dude. <laughs> he is. My, my crazy he's got a lot Polish of good husband. stories, too. I've only met him twice, but man, he's just, he just seems like he's very knowledgeable. About we, need to, we need to bring him on. Yes, one we of these do. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. Talk about oh, yeah. yeah. He's, um, yeah. He's, he's quite a guy, and he's, everyone loves him, and he's so entertaining to be around. Um, yeah. He makes me laugh a lot, and he's a brilliant musician, so. You know, yeah, I haven't really seen him play. Is there anything on YouTube that you guys has he showed you any of the? I think the last party that you threw, the big one, uh, he was playing. Oh, and he was playing, we it on playing the speaker. Like, I, I can't remember. I one, can't. one of the ones you were in, Teresa. Yeah, I continue. Guys I know. I do remember that. I do yeah. remember you. And it was actually like, holy shit, that's Teresa or Ruby or whatever you like to be called. <laughs> oh shit, that's okay. <laughs> I've had a couple of drinks. That's that's her stage name is Teresa. Her real yeah. name is Ruby. Yeah. Oh fucking yeah. Girl. I've been drinking and. 
I'm drinking a Through the Haze from the Bay Republic, Through the Haze IPA. Nice. It's a citrusy kind of IPA that we sell at the Bay Republic. Uh, it has a lot of alcohol in it. I forgot how much, but it's really good. <laughs> Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm just drinking a Plano Blue Moon. Inter- Belgian White. Ruby. Stardust. You have to tell them to sponsor the podcast. You're giving them quite a point I here. should. I fucking know the family. John, if you're listening, uh, let's have a conversation. At least provide. I'll plug your beer on the show. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Free beer. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So beer and onion rings, please. Oh, dude, I'm in. <laughs> so are you still, are you still, I've actually seen you play um, ukulele. Yeah. A spookulele is what spookulele. I play. What yeah. is that? Um, sp- just spooky ukulele. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so what I do is I take uh, cover songs and I change the lyrics to be about horror movies or horror movie monsters. And I dress up as a pinup version of that monster. Wow. Um, and I record it on YouTube. Um, it's very lo-fi, but it's fun. The thing I like about ukulele is like after years of doing music where it was like very intense and everything is just has to be super polished. It's just so chill. And I love that sort of... Um, dissonant thing where it's like the music is chill and the song is chill but i look freaky as fuck and the, and the lyrics are like really disturbing <laughs> yeah i've seen some of your uh, instagram stories you actually get all made up it's really cool with the contacts and, and yeah i that. like special effects makeup so yeah you I, did I like this one late, with like, i think the most recent one you were doing you were looking at the ground or something like that and then you just look up and your eyes are just, you, you got contacts with those little bee people oh, yeah, that, that was my too. devil God, yeah no. one of my devil looks yeah. It's got that Pennywise kind of like eyes going on. It's amazing. Like you can do all the full makeup and it looks really cool. But then when she put the contacts in, it's like next level. Like it's just yeah. the special effects Trans- contacts. Honestly, like I, in yeah. all the like makeup, cosplay, special effects stuff that I've seen, it's like once the contacts are in, it's I'm sold. That's yeah. I mean, yeah. not really because it freaks you out. Yeah. It's just, you know, no one has white eyes. That's just, you know. Yeah. It's something instinctually disturbing. It's all white, yeah. just like you see these little beady little, yeah. little pupils. Yeah. Like, or you yeah. just get like obsidian contacts. Your eyes are completely black or something like yeah, that. Yeah, those are um, those in the whiteout contacts are really hard to see through. <laughs> Dude, like those like full eyeball ones. Like I don't even have you put those in your eyes before. Once they're awful, I won't do it. I was gonna again. say they're like, like I'm not that committed. <laughs> oh I was at a um, Halloween party like seven years ago, and this girl there had like like completely blacked out contacts and i'm like how does that feel it's like oh it's terrible at first and i'm like yeah i'm good i tried to put contacts in for a makeup project i was helping my friend with and i just i couldn't do it yeah I, i'm like 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 my eyes are so like fucking sensitive and like this is killing me i can't do this like sorry yeah i just couldn't couldn't do it putting it contacts in your eyes for the first time is kind of it takes it's, a it's while crazy. to get used to because you're yeah. like you're lifting your eyeball up and it's it's yeah. fucking it's insane so sometimes people can't even watch people touch their eyes it's Makes them all squeamish or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, actually, I wanted to say this is our first show for the new year. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, last show, uh, last the Matrix episode, I think was like at the end of December. It's true. So we're breaking in. We got we got yeah. our first guest since we come back. We got you know the first episode of the year. I have so. some COVID immunity because I caught COVID right after the new year, <laughs> and it was so much fun. I, I played Red Dead Redemption too. Nice. I nice. Just, I, I I every time I get sick or something, I just game. What else am I going to well, I thought you would be See, playing See, it's a Valhalla. good excuse, though. Uh, you know, I, Valhalla is good. It's it's long, and I and I, I like to be drunk when I play Assassin's <laughs> Creed Valhalla, because I just feel like it's appropriate. It's like a Viking. Like, 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 when I first started playing it, I was right after I got back from Hollywood, I had a bunch of mead. I bought, like, a case of mead. And so I was just drinking mead every night and just fucking playing, and it was dope. It was so <laughs> much fun. <laughs> Games are way better on, horn? on alcohol, oh, of course. apparently. Proper. Of course, I, I got, like, two drinking horns and a drinking horn mug at home. 
Nice. And a, I, and a, yeah, uh, he did have the yeah. mu, uh, the horn once. We we had some friends who had a podcast at one time, and so we they usually their stint was like we drink alcohol, and we like talk about it, and so we kind of just stole it from them. I think we bring this up <laughs> yeah. every time. I, I know think I heard you talk about that on one of your other episodes. <laughs> every yeah. time, yeah. So uh, I had it. I had it during the. Um, I think the. No Way Home episode too. I brought the horn. Oh, I, you had, did. I had some fur on the, the photos online, but I had a Viking fur on because it was cool. Yeah, we did it for the uh, conspiracy <laughs> episode too with those guys. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was fun. That was yeah. fun. Uh, yeah, but um, Nightmare Alley for sure. But I think we should probably get into actually, uh, Ruby. You had uh, we were talking about doing an episode, and you were talking about uh, what topic we should bring up, and you were talking about doing some. Guillermo del Toro movies, or at least... How do you say his name, Jason? Guillermo. 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 Say it, say it like that. Guillermo. You know what? I'm not even going to say his I, name. I called, him, I called him Guillermo when I first read it. My friend <laughs> looks at me he's like, Guillermo. I'm like... Guillermo. Yeah, yeah, Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, besides me fucking that up, um, so you were talking and saying it, we should just talk about the films in general, because his movies pretty fucking dope but they're freaky at the same time mm-hmm. well, he has his own style which i've always appreciated like when, yeah. he direct, when he directed blade 2 like you can tell like that movie in my opinion stuck out compared to the first and third one because it just had its own style like even even a lot of the architecture a lot of the monsters and and some of the gadgets it was very like hellboyish yeah exactly yeah. yeah i think uh what was the first movie that you saw of his ruby it was pan's labyrinth yeah, that movie. Man. Oh I my god! I fucking yeah. meant to watch it. Before. I've seen bits of it. I meant to fucking watch it before I got here. It looks dope. I love the Spanish Civil War, like that whole time period. Like, fuck, I need to see it. <laughs> maybe uh, I haven't seen that movie in a while. I mean, I did. I do remember seeing it like maybe three or four years ago, but I only saw it once. So, how many times have you seen that movie? Just once when it first came out. Um, but that was what introduced me to his work, and then after that, it was. I just would see anything that would come out that was by him. I want to say I saw Devil's Backbone, but I'm. I don't remember it very well. Did you see the orphanage? No. Oh my god, the orphanage is so good. All in Spanish. Uh, Geraldine Chaplin shows up in it because I, I think she lives in Spain now, and uh, it's I haven't seen it in a very long time. But it's a it's starring it, the lead character is a, is this woman and she has her kid and at one point her kid goes like missing and so she's trying to figure shit out and. I won't spoil anything, but the end is so fucking sad. It is such a and it's like a horror, like ghosts and shit, and like it's 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 so good. It's so fucking good. It, like I remember, like me and one of my ex girlfriends watched it, and like we, she was like, "Oh yeah, I heard about this." I was like, "Oh, it's Guillermo." I'm like, "Okay, we gotta watch it." And like by the end, her and I were just like, "Oh my god, why?" <laughs> like it was so good. Um, yeah, I've never uh, the only movie of his that I didn't like, I really didn't like, was Crimson Peak. But did he direct that? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I did not like that movie. I like the mm. style of it. It had that Guillermo del Toro style to it, but I just didn't feel like it was that good. Yeah, that was like um, 2016, I think. Yeah, something, yeah like that. something like that. It was um, very gothic romance. A lot of those yeah. movies, it's like the whole, I mean, for lack of, I'm going to spoil it, but like the whole incest thing was very yeah. popular in that genre. Um, oh, yeah, Game but of it's Thrones always like, popular. oh man, <laughs> yeah. gross. You know, yeah, but, you know, yeah. It, it came out of nowhere when it's like, ooh, look, they, they fuck. And I'm like, oh, I. All right, guess we got to throw that in there too. <laughs> Everyone watches uh, Family Strokes nowadays, so you know, on Pornhub. So we had to, uh, yeah, yeah. So was that which one was the first one that you've seen, Anthony? Uh, was it believe, Blade Two? I think it was Blade Two because I saw Hell. I, I think mm. Hellboy came out afterwards, but yeah, it's Blade Two. Yeah. And I that's my favorite Blade movie. And yeah, I we, we, we covered. We talked about that, yeah, during the Blade yeah. trilogy episode. But uh, yeah, no, it was good. And then of course Hellboy, and and that movie is much better than the 
David Arbor remake, in my opinion. Um, I haven't seen that one. You're not missing anything. Okay. Good. It's just very eh. It's eh. It looked a little bit more like what? More it was taking it more serious than like the hell. No, it's it's like I feel like like David Arbor tried to play it like he was like having like he's like I'm more like the silly Hellboy like oh, I I get I get disgruntled more whereas like Ron Perlman was like cool. You yeah. know, he had like one-liners and stuff. Ron Perlman is a shit. Yeah. I Have you noticed him. he actually yeah. uses Ron Perlman a lot yeah. in his films? He was in Nightmare Alley. He was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was in Nightmare Alley and uh, that gorilla-looking son of a bitch. As he gets older, he looks more like a gorilla. Which well, is he looks I mean, like one of those Norwegian forest cats. Have you seen those cats? Like yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've always wanted him to play a wizard where he turned into one of those things. Ever, I just think it'd be so cool. There was this meme that went around where it was like, uh, it was like showing two dogs, and one of them was like looked just like Ron Perlman, and the other one looked just like Sam Jackson. And it was, it was just oh like this meme. I've, I, I gotta find that somewhere. meme. Actually, it's fucking funny, dude. If you could pull it up, it's really funny. Just type yeah. in like a. Like Ron Perlman dog meme, yeah, or I'll, something. I'll it's really do it after after the show. Um, yeah, for me it was Blade Two, but I wasn't really aware of him at that time. Mm. But watching it now, you kind of get that feeling like it's his style, which He's is really got, cool. Yeah, and then it was Hellboy, and I really liked Hellboy. I mean, it was the the special effects in there, and it just it it, it was rad. I mean, I never read the comic book, but. The whole concept of him and, and you know, <laughs> the creatures in it. And that's the thing about him, uh, Guillermo. Say that right? Sure. <laughs> or whatever. You say it however you want. I'll, I'll, call, I'll call him the Big Daddy Just G. Call him, uh, call him Billy because Guillermo means William. Um, he, his uh, visual, oh, his visuals are really cool. Like you can just tell like how the monsters look and uh, it's like from a completely different world. You, you know? know something? Yeah. I, I heard some stories. uh because, you know, Pan's Labyrinth, when you look at the trailers, they're like, oh, it's a fairy tale. And like, yeah, and it's so great. I'm bring my kids. And then there's a scene where a guy's bashing some dude's head in with a fucking beer bottle and kills him. Like, and it's, and it's just great. Like, bring your kids. Spanish Civil War. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, the fawn, that crazy yeah. looking fawn in it. And the, uh, that's the fucking, um, that's Abe Sapien. What's his name? Douglas. Doug, Doug Jones. Doug Jones. I love you. Doug Jones. That's Doug Jones, dude. He's, He's a pale man. Amazing. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is he the guy with the eyeballs on his hands too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think wow. so. Yeah. He's I, also plays the creature in Shape of Water. Yep. Yeah. He's yeah. an incredible character, like creature actor. Yeah. We He's covered. Uh, we were talking about films, best films like 2017, and one of our uh, friends was saying like how we loved that movie. Mm. Um, oh, but, Stefan. Yeah, Stefan. Yeah. And I've only seen that movie once. I wasn't like blown away by it i thought the romance between the woman and the, the fish man actually he looks just like the creature from the black lagoon so it actually and he also is looks like abe sapien yeah yeah so the tr- guillermo del Toro really wanted to redo creature from the black lagoon like it's one of his favorite films one of my favorite films so we have that in common um but <laughs> you guys should hang out and talk <laughs> we about totally it. need to hang out and talk <laughs> about it but um he wanted to but he couldn't get the rights and so that's this was what he did instead Okay. So this is it was like not just, just like kind of it was like literally directly inspired by, um, which uh, pretty obvious. But okay. yeah. you know, I was always saying, how come they haven't remade that movie? I mean, I know Universal. You, I don't know. Universal, Universal might have. Some oh, they weird... will. Just give it a minute. They will. Because we've seen. Like, They're going Frank to remake Stein everything. I'm, I'm waiting for the remake of Godfather, and I want to audition. They're doing a remake of that. Should. No, I just think they probably oh, will. Okay. It'll probably be shit, but. <laughs> That's Some a things need movie, to just though. be left alone. I agree. You know, like just it, it's if it's perfect, why mess with it? Like Godfather is so good. If they ever remade it, I was thinking it should be like a series. Anyways, I don't want to get off track, but 
Yeah, I really loved Hellboy a lot. The second one, um, the Golden Army, I it wasn't that good as, as compared to the first one. I don't remember it as much, but I've only seen it like twice. I, I remember I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the villain in the first movie, I think it was like that elf looking guy or something. Like, it looked like a the dark The first elf movie was Thor. Rasputin. Was Rasputin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the second one that was Where, the elf was, looking. Who was, um, who was Reinhard? No, not Reinhard. What was a fucking name? The monster from Blade 2. It was that guy, the monster from Blade 2. He played. Oh, with the big mouth the, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. He played yeah. the villain, the, the predator ripoff. Yeah. He played the villain in, um, in uh, Golden Army. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I um uh, Nomac. Aha, Nomac. That was his name. Sorry, Reinhard was Ron Perlman. I also um <laughs> didn't even know this, but he also did Pacific Rim. He oh. did, huh? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I forgot about that. I've seen that. Yeah. I'm I like, loved it. You loved it? I this it was it was complete schlock. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, Charlie yeah, Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam from, yeah. You got you got uh Rock'em Sock'em uh robot Gundam things fighting Godzilla creatures. And Ron Perlman was and in Ron it, And Ron Perlman's in it. It was great. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, Charlie Day was in that, too, I think, from uh, It's Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah. And Idris Elba. Yeah, no, that that was a good movie. I mean, it was a good, like, big monster <laughs> movie. You know, that's the thing about uh, Big Daddy G is that... Uh, I'm going to call him that. There you go, Big Daddy <laughs> oh, G. I love it. G Money. <laughs> he makes these movies that are just, like, the imagination is insane. It's... You know, it's kind of like how Peter Jackson did his Lord of the Rings, but every mm. every single thing, like you know, if you see his other films, like um, Dead Alive, have you seen Dead Alive, Ruby? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah, long that zombie ago. film. It's like probably one of the goriest zombie films of all time. Have you seen Dead Alive, Anthony? No. Oh Jesus Christ! There's a scene where this guy's going through like a whole uh, horde of zombies, and he's got like a lawnmower. Just mm. with the blade, just like going awesome. like this. I think I saw, I think I yeah. saw that scene on like YouTube or something. Someone was talking about it, and you was like running through like zombies. And... Yeah, it was, it was really, <laughs> it was really great. That's awesome. So yeah, no, I mean, uh, he also uh, produced a movie recently. It was called Antlers, and I I'm, still have to see that. Del Toro yeah. did. Yeah. Okay. I thought he directed it, but it's it's uh, one of those movies. It's kind of like has that. Uh, the heredity kind of feel to it. Mm. Hereditary? Hereditary? I haven't seen that one. Oh. I saw, uh, oh, it was the one he made after that. Oh, no, I didn't see Midsummer, but I did see Lamb. See Lamb? Oh, we were talking about this last episode. I heard you episode. talked about it on yeah. one of the couple episodes ago. Yeah, it's so um, good. Not yet, no. It's so fucking good. I love it. It's, you know, I, because you were I never saw it, the trailer, and I'm just like, what is this? This is great. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah, he's also. Um, done some stuff not directed but like uh, scary stories to tell in the dark he did some stuff for that uh i'm not sure if you guys have seen that movie I enjoyed it's actually that, yeah um he was supposed to like we were talking about earlier before we started recording that he was gonna do the the hobbit trilogy yeah i didn't even know that and then he's like oh it's a trilogy now nah, i'm good it's stupid and he just dipped but I, that would have been it would have been such a uh, been so juxtaposition different. yeah from like, you know, because it's a prequel. It would have been a prequel to, you know, the Lord of the Rings, but it would have, I'm, I'm sure the style would have been so different and I would have loved to have seen, you know, at least one movie out of that. Um, so that was a, it's a bit of a shame. Yeah. No, I also uh, was looking at some of his films here. Um, he also worked on Mimic, which is good. That I heard good that that was when he was up and coming and the producers made him redo like everything multiple times and it was like, torturous and in an interview he said that that was after that movie he learned how to say no nice. <laughs> he put him through the ringer wow have you ever seen a splice with uh, adrian brody 
No. That's uh, movie. He work on that? Yeah, he did work on that one too. Yeah, there's a lot of side movies that he worked on. He also worked on Puss in Boots, apparently. That's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know he like the, one of the things I like about him, and I was when I was watching Nightmare Alley today, I was uh, oh yeah, I watched it today. I'm, I'm fresh, okay. I'm ready to go. Nice. Um, I was like, wow, he's got like this like this kind of like fairy tale kind of like um, like everything's so pretty. Like even even in like Shape of Water, like it's a rated R fucking, you know horror film or a fairy tale movie. Yeah. But it's like, it's got some like, you know, uh, she's in love with the fish man and they're underwater yeah. and she's masturbating with an egg timer and it's just so beautiful. <laughs> and it's just, you know, and it's I still like, think Michael Shannon was a good villain. He's always playing a good villain in a movie. I was thinking about mm-hmm. him the other day. He has such a stiff face. Yeah. He's just so stiff. You just want to like, just put some lotion Mold on it. Or that too. It's like stone. Like him and John Berthold just have just such like, like they were carved from stone in their faces. Yeah. Uh, They're stone face? Did you guys know that he's, uh, (laughs) I think it's uh, on Netflix, uh, the end of the series, doing a Pinocchio movie. Yes. So he talked about that. I saw, I watched an interview where he talked about that and he says it's going to be a similar vibe to Nightmare Alley, but also kind of a juxtaposition in that Nightmare Alley was more about somebody facing sort of their darkness and sort of the the monster within them almost. But whereas like Pinocchio is going to be like, what is humanity? What does it mean to be human? I really want to see him impale someone with his nose. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I it's like horror. some sort of Mortal Kombat <laughs> fatality. I just, I just want to see like, like, like there's a villain, and then he just like, just Pinocchio, just like, ah, like grows his nose out, stabs the guy in the head. He's like, I'm a real boy now. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. It's Guillermo del Toro. Make, make it work. Figure it well, out. Well, I mean, I also was reading that Pan's Lambeth was a, it was an Academy Award winning movie. Uh, it did really well. Like it's one so, of the, Shape of Water won a lot of awards at the Oscars. I was just Oscars. gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, yeah, I watched uh, Nightmare Alley today. Yeah, let's talk about Nightmare Alley. So Nightmare Alley is his latest film. Came out last year, the end of last year. Uh, I saw a trailer for this movie. And I was like, damn, this looks really good. It kind of when I was watching it, uh, American Horror Story. They had like um, like a carnival kind of. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. forgot what it was called, though. Is that season three? I think it was just called Carnival. Freak Show, right? Freak, freak show, show. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So it kind of had that Freak Show vibe to it. And I also, um, he knows this, but when we saw Thor Ragnarok, uh, Kate Planchett, because I love her, she was in that movie. Same. And yeah. I, I kept saying in the movie the entire time, what was I saying? Like, I, I remember there was like, there was this pause, and I just hear you like, God, she's so fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> Cause she was all gothed out looking. She had yeah, like she looked good. Yeah. yeah, she looked good in this movie too, man. The yeah, fucking, she she's did. Hot. Yeah, she's one one hot lady. Um, but yeah, no, I, the trailer got me. So uh, I saw it on Christmas Day, and yeah, why don't we get into it? So you guys recently just saw it, right? So, yeah, I, I today and and um, I did not see the trailer because I didn't want to. I'm just like I just want to go in fresh. I don't, you know, I, I knew that it was kind of like a neo noir type movie, and that's all I knew. I barely even knew who was in it besides Bradley Cooper, but um, the great cast. Yeah, great really great cast. cast. I, I yeah. can't get enough Willem Dafoe. I just want every movie to star Willem <laughs> Dafoe. What was that thing we were talking about for Spider Man? Can't get enough of the Dafoe. We should get like a T shirt. I, I, I need to get a shirt made. Can't get enough Dafoe. I just I want him in everything. I just he can do it too. So yeah. Um, when did you, when did you watch it? I watched it probably shortly after Jason did, and then because I'm a nerd, I read the book as well um, are they like pretty close to one another or book so movie? Uh, until he leaves the carnival and then it diverges quite a bit okay um i don't know if we want to talk about the differences are yeah, we doing we spoilers 
Are we okay? Yeah, we'll talk about spoilers. It's been out for like two months. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So interestingly enough. After he leaves the carnival in the movie, he become he does this like high class, high society mentalist kind of thing. Whereas in the book, he becomes a spiritualist. So he gets like the cheap where he pays ten cents and fills out a form and gets a reverend certificate and he gets the outfit and he basically starts conning old ladies out of money. Wow. With with uh, the chick. Molly? Oh my gosh, Molly. Thank Molly. you. Molly, yeah. yeah. So he treats her like sh- even worse in the book. Oh okay. Yeah, but um. He gets her to pretend that she's a medium and they eventually con this lady out of her mansion and turn it into a church. And so they're working up to conning somebody incredibly wealthy out of a lot of money. And then Ezra Grindel eventually comes in. Okay. He's also <clears throat> very different in the book. But, Played by um, Richard Jenkins, who I also can't yeah. get enough of him. Actually, he's, speaking he's of, good yeah. everything, too. Speak, speaking of him, uh, Mary Stern, uh, Steenbergen, Spurgeon, or whatever. Uh, she was... What? Uh, <laughs> Mary who? Steenbergen. Um, she was the wife oh. of the mayor. Oh the, yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! And it's funny because both her and uh, Richard Jenkins played the parents in Step Brothers. That was oh. them. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't know that was Richard Jenkins when he played uh, Ezra Grindel, and I was like, because he, he had the beard. beard. I've never seen him with a beard before. Yeah. And then when we started talking, I'm like, oh shit, that's that one guy from Step Brothers. You know. So and I was just that was like hilarious that both those, both of them were in that movie, and uh, you know. Um, Obviously, Kate uh, Blanchett for sure because I love her. Um, really I honestly cool. forgot she was in it. I think I like I read who was in it once, and then like today, like after a couple of weeks, like I was like, oh yeah, you're in this movie. Okay, yeah, that's cool. You're always good and everything. So, yeah, you know, I I enjoyed all of it until kind of the end. I was sold with everything, and then. I was completely thrown off. Not in like, a, ooh, they got me sort of way. But it's like, why, why did Kate Blanchett fuck him over? What was her motivation? She likes power and money. And- is, she, is she just like a, like a weird narcissist? Because like, I, I feel because he's like, oh, hey, like, I'll just like, he said in the beginning, he's like, I'll just split it with you. Like, it's fine. And then she's like, no. He's like, no, 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 just split it. Like, fuck it. He's like, I'll tell you what. I'll leave you the money. We'll figure it out. Like, I don't know. It's like, but like, it's like they were doing good together and a, a presumably sleeping with one another, and then just like suddenly, like just out of nowhere, ah, I got you. I felt like in the movie it was because ultimately he kind of humiliated her when they first interacted in that theater. Yeah. Um, and she didn't like that. She's also, I think, her character is somebody who ultimately enjoys manipulating. She's been so like manipulated herself and has been through so much that now she's just kind of twisted and she wants to always have the upper hand yeah and you know she's very controlled and manipulative which and very cool which is what makes her character so cool yeah i i I just felt like there (laughs) there should have been more like uh more like more of a reason for her to betray him because I just I, I feel like I like I, I agree with what you're saying. Like I think that like her her character definitely comes off that way. But it's like it's like yeah, like why betray him? It's like get more out of him, get everything out she of could, him. Yeah, like yeah, she marry could. him. Fucking like that's what I was expecting. <laughs> I'm like I'm like he's gonna dump Molly because she's like the nice girl. It kind kind of like in uh, like fucking Wolf of Wall Street. Like he dumps his yeah. nice wife and then like mm. this kind of upper class kind of snobby blonde girl. And then like they get married and then like maybe she's gonna fuck him out of his money or something. But like I don't. It was just so like. It, I did not expect it at all. Like I knew when she recorded him, like that first time, like oh she's gonna try to blackmail him, maybe. Mm, but yeah. then it never came back, and I was like, okay, like maybe, it, maybe it's gonna come up, and then just suddenly, like oh by the way, I'm conning you out of all your money, and I'm gonna get you thrown in prison. I'm like, wait, what? Like I, I didn't even, I did not see it coming, and then I guess he just becomes a a geek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I definitely uh, Bradley Cooper. He's one of those actors like I don't mind anything that he's in. I mean, the first movie I ever saw him in was The Hangover. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers. Ever, he plays, oh. Just he plays douchebag boyfriend number ten. <laughs> like just a random fucking guy. Like God. yeah, we, we've we've all watched him grow from being in like rom coms to being a serious yeah. dramatic actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, Silver Linings Playbook. That was another. That I um, feel like that was the movie, movie that like, put him on the map. That and Limitless. Do you guys ever see that? Limitless. Yes. Oh God, Limitless I love Limitless. Sick. Yeah, yeah. If you gotta see Limitless, Ruby. I mean, okay. it's, I think it's on Netflix. It's got to be basically in short. It's this drug that makes them smarter. I did see it. I take it back. I yeah. did see it. Yes. Yeah. It's such a. And I was film. like, I want that fucking pill. <laughs> I know. Like it yeah. opens like the rest of your brain that's not being used or yeah. something like yeah. that. That's a myth. I found out. That whole really? like, oh, we only use ten percent of our brain. That's not true. So we use, we all use our, brain? our brains. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. That's just the myth. That I forgot where it came from. But um, yeah, it's like that movie. I remember Limitless. Like, not to go into it too much, but like, I don't remember why I saw it. I was just like, oh, it's that one guy is in it, and I heard Robert De Niro's in it. I don't know. I'm bored. Let's go to the movies. And me and my friends had like no idea what we were getting into, and, and like it seemed like a really bad comedy because I'm like, this isn't funny. Like, what's happening? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's a dramedy, mostly drama, and like then it becomes like a weird like heist movie almost and i was like mm-hmm. what is I'm like it was it was great i it's one of my favorite films i love yeah, it. a lot of twists and turns yeah, yeah yeah but no it's like yeah from there then you know silver linings and so on like he's he's on the rocket he gets to be a cgi raccoon Trash panda. <laughs> that's right Trash panda. <laughs> um i've always thought that rooney morrow was kind of a stiff actress like she kind of first movie i ever saw in was the remake of a uh, nightmare on elm street where she played Nancy. Mm. Yeah, that was her. And Rorschach as uh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Jack yeah, yeah. Haley. Um, she is uh, actually in, married to Joaquin Phoenix, I believe. Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, I didn't yeah, know she that. is. Because I remember when Joaquin Phoenix was getting his awards for Joker, she was sitting right next to him and I researched a little bit more and they're actually married. So. Okay. And her sister uh, is... Her sister's Kate Mara. Like, Kate Mara. Yeah. 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 Um, but what did you think of Molly in the movie? I mean, did you like her character? Did you think she was kind of eh? Or... Yeah, I, I felt like she was a little bit... I mean, she was okay, but once I read the book, I was like, yeah, she played she played it a little bit dull by comparison. So the character in the book is like this beautiful, like, statuesque woman who's like kind of a bubblehead. You know, she, oh, baby, oh, honey, oh. She's very, like, kind of mm-hmm. sad and desperate for him. Um, and he's just like... He he likes her because she's hot, and I think ultimately he just kind of gets bored with her, um, and so she was just vastly different than in the book. But yeah, ultimately, it, I think she served her role in, in terms of the film too, though. I mean, she she played part. Yeah, it's it's it seems like uh, there was quite a divergence from the books, which I have not read the that book. But um, no, I mean, I like I said, I was I was pretty good with most of it. The weird, like I said, the weird twist of how she like screwed him out. Like I was fine with like from like the rest of it on, where it's like, oh, like he like he's down in his luck, and he ultimately becomes that zombie esque geek thing at mm. the end. It was like a rise and fall kind of yeah. thing because I think and he knew it, and that was the thing too. He knew because it's that last shot is him laughing and crying. He's like, I'd love to. I was bored because he's like, I know where this is going. I'm fucked. He's yeah. like, I'm fucked. And he just um, accepts it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it was interesting. I was watching an interview with Bradley Cooper and Guillermo del Toro about this, the opening scene in the fun house, this, the scary fun house where he has to go in and get the geek out of there. Yeah, yeah. And they basically said that that whole scene was kind of a mini storytelling of the arc of his character throughout this movie. Oh. And the geek that he is dealing with, this geek who's ultimately him. And 
one thing that I found really interesting was as he's approaching the geek, the geek is muttering. He's like, and you don't know what he's saying. Turns out he's saying, this isn't me. This isn't me. And it's supposed to be a reflection of Bradley Cooper's character, Stanton Carlyle, just running from himself throughout the movie, right? This isn't me. This isn't me. He's trying to be something else. So Guillermo del Toro does this very interesting. He's really into foreshadowing in his films. And when I, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. Of course. Like, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. That's really cool. That's really cool. But there's also some like subtle hints in the movie, like that the rise of like of him coming to power was going to fall because I think the guy, um, I can't remember his name. The guy that died, the older guy that Uh, was uh, teaching him how to do the, not Grindel. uh, Pete. Oh, sorry. Pete, yeah. um, he was telling him, he was looking at his like uh, diary or books, like, don't mess with that. Yeah, it could, the it could be like, yeah, it could yeah. be serious yeah, Kind of a biblical connotation, just kind of like, that's yeah. the fruit of knowledge. Don't don't eat it. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Gonna take you. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, I think her name was Zena. Yes. The one who gave him the bat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was doing some tarot cards with him mm-hmm. and uh, Molly at the hotel afterwards. Uh, oh, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, yeah, she's like, don't do the show. And then she's like, because I pull these cards, it doesn't look like it's going to end well for you. And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, there was, the card there, was upside- a, yeah. there was definitely a lot of red flags in the movie of like, uh-oh, something's going to go wrong, something's going to go wrong. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to have necessarily a happy ending, uh, for sure. Um, yeah. I really, like, I did the foreshadowing thing you were just talking about, yeah. Ruby. That's yeah. that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Wow, that's that's rad. So, um, But Kate Blanchett, she did a really good job. Like, we were saying, Willem Dafoe. Jason uh, was, was Kate fucking hot in this movie, too. Oh, she was great. Okay, good. Even with that scar on her chest, you're, she was as long as you're happy, I know. It was like a tattoo almost, you know? It looked like a tattoo. Oh, but does she ever look bad? I've never seen anything where she looked bad. She always no, looks amazing. No, not like, really. I mean... There was there was a couple renditions of her Catherine Hepburn outfits that I wasn't sold on in Aviator, but she played a great Catherine Hepburn. She did. Was, she even had the voice yeah, thing, yeah. which Won that could not too. have been easy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because, uh, you know, Borderlands, right? The video game? Yeah. She's playing one of the characters in that... There is a movie that's coming out, and it's a live-action movie. Oh, she's playing one of the main characters. Oh, in the yeah. another video game like film. Bit, another attempt at a video game movie. <laughs> they, they never work. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know either. I mean, she was great in Lord of the Rings too. Oh yeah. Oh. Galadriel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, but Tony Collette, who played Xena, she. Uh, I love her. I, she's, she's one of my favorites. Yeah. So there is an interesting. You guys might find this interesting, but her character Xena in the book is very motherly towards Molly. Like she really takes care of Molly, even though she's sleeping with Stanton, who's like significantly. So in the book, he's like 22 or three when he joins the carnival and she's much older. And it turns out he had a thing for his mother. Oh yeah. In the book. Family Um, strokes, guys. Yeah. And so he, he's projecting like his mother onto this. And then with, um, uh, Lilith, the psychologist, he's also seeing her as like a reflection of his mother. And so oh, he keeps a, like trying name. to sleep with his mother. Oh, basically. Okay. Jesus. Uh, very Oedipus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oedipus complex. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually forgot her name in the movie. Uh, Zena? Lilith. Lilith. Dr. Oh, Lilith. Lilith Ritter. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I completely. Over Which my is head. such a great name, too. Like Lilith being like the, the biblical, like first wife who was, you know, um, Kind of now, didn't she kind of betray Adam in some way, or she was just she was not, like a demoness, not right? subservient enough, like yeah. wanted her own power kind of thing. And I was like, that name is very apropos yeah. for the character. Yeah, I thought definitely. I got to brush up on my biblical literature, but yeah, she's something like that. Well, I mean, we're talking about the. I mean, Stan like basically, he he was cycling through women in this movie. Like he was he was with um, Zena at first. 
Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, it, with Molly, and then he was with... Uh, there's know. a lot of... That's, that, that's a, a very typical story archetype where it's like uh, the hero, like he's he's young, he's poor, he's very optimistic, and he's like, oh, I just want to take you and show you the world, give you everything, give you the whole world and everything in it. And then once, I think he, that's what he, said once he gets the too. power, he's like, all right, I've had enough of the young and innocent. I need like a sophisticated woman or like, you know, more someone who's more on my level now. And then that's... Yeah. Yeah. Very typical archetype. Yeah. It was... Um, his also, you know... Uh, I need, we need to play a drinking game with that movie. You know why? Why? Every time he lights a cigarette <laughs> yeah. and smokes it, take a shot. Because I swear to God, it's a uh, hundred times in this movie. Five minutes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because if you notice that, he lights yeah. a cigarette up. And oh, I, I have that very neo-noir feel, uh, feel That is a it. very, like an, a trope almost oh, of yeah. that, that genre. Gotta have your, yeah. your fedora, your coat on, and you're smoking. And, that, and all like the dialogue's rain, quick. The yeah. raining thing. So apparently they punched. So they built the set. It was just Guillermo de Toro. One of his br- the brilliant things he does is he doesn't just build set pieces. He builds like an entire world, basically. Mm, yeah. And so the actors, I was watching interviews with the actors and one after another, they were like, yeah, he built a world for us to come in and inhabit as these characters. And his attention to detail is insanely meticulous. So during that scene we were just talking about in the funhouse, he wanted um, Stanton's character to continue to have like rain like dripping off of him. So they punched holes in the tent. Just so in that scene, as he was walking, there would be rain dripping on him throughout it. So he would just constantly have that wet, dripping look, which is also very neo-noir. Um, and that level of attention detail, I think, is what makes him one of the best like directors in terms of like just visual aesthetics and like getting the point across visually. Hands down. Yeah, the whole carnival kind of Incredible. felt dirty, too. It had that dirty yeah. look to it. It was is... really a real... They said we could have invited people to come through and watch the show, and it was like a real carnival. So... Yeah, it seemed like carnivals back in the day were just very unique and very stylish. And um, one thing they focused on a lot in the film, if you notice that, that there was that um, the baby that Willem Dafoe they had, he had all these things in jars. The pickled creature, yeah. And I don't know if that was like I didn't know if I followed through with it. Was that like a real baby that had like a a third eye on its forehead or something like that? The story he told it was just like, um, oh yeah, like uh, this baby was born and it basically killed its mother on its on the way out of the womb and then kind of just you know, around for a couple of days and then died. But it was basically a, a real but, well, it's like Well, everything's all sewed up. So it's like, it's like this I mean, baby wasn't born with stitches in it. So it's like, I don't know if like, well, it had like an eye and it's forehead. Yeah, it had like a, like a little third eye thing. It was, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Willem Dafoe, he's a freak. He likes fetuses. <laughs> we, all, we all got our fetishes, You know, one I guess. thing I was uh, wondering is, so um, when they moved to the carnival, uh, they moved it to another location, and then Xena had a house mm. with that one guy. Now, she was a part of the the show, though. Yeah. So it's kind of like they yeah, moved okay, it to that okay, location. So that was, that was kind of hard to follow. I wasn't sure if if they were at one location the whole time, the carnival, or does it? They moved does it. it. Travel? It does travel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They moved it. That's how we got the job of Bradley Cooper's character because they said you want to make some money. That's right, and they taken down that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so they moved it to another location, but it's like she had a house. Maybe, so that, it's, maybe like, it's a mobile home. From <laughs> <laughs> what I gathered, it's a circuit, and so they go to the same towns and the same spots during certain times of the year. So they'll always be at this one town in this, you know, field in okay. July or whatever. And so I, what I, what I assumed was that they bought that house, knowing that their circuit would be back there during certain times okay. of the year. I could be wrong. Maybe they rented it, but. I was gonna that say was maybe my the, assumption. The, maybe they're the, leasing it. The carnival like probably <laughs> station there. It was like no, the, the carnival station there near her house. Like oh, we do tarot cards and we can do mind reading. It's like oh well then. Yeah, join she us. had the whole thing and then the bath and we all know where yeah. that went. Um, 
God, it's so crazy. I back was rooting for him. I was like, yeah, mommy, get it. <laughs> she did not. I, we were watching this. My husband and I, we were, and again, we were so glad the theater was empty because I was like, shit, she's not wasting any time. And Yorick your was like, just, he was cracking up. And I was so glad there was like one person towards the front. I was like, people would be pissed at us otherwise. You were so loud. Like the whole time I was watching today, I was like, yeah, mommy, get the mommy, <laughs> fuck. Well, she was like, you're easy on the eyes. I was like, yeah. It's not and then I had to pause happen. my porn hub and actually watch the movie. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, she uh, she was good. And uh, I was thinking about the whole bathtub thing. It's like so crazy back in the day, like 1800s and stuff. That was just natural. You can just go someplace and take a bath and have a woman wash you and shit like that. You know, it's it was oh, oh, better, well, running water was a big deal. Apparently, yeah. yeah, that too. Back in the day, it's like you 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 washed in a bucket. And you'd heat up the water on a stove or like a fire. There was no yeah. running water. And the whole family would wash in the same water and be like oldest to youngest. Uh. And I think that's, I, I believe that's where the term don't throw the baby out with the bathwater came from because by the time you wash the baby, the bathwater is so dirty, you could like lose the baby in it. That makes a lot of sense. Which is pretty disturbing. Yeah. yeah. And where did the baby go? I don't know. One less mouth to feed. Don't all throw right, the baby the out with the bathwater. <laughs> yeah. Eventually you throw out all your kids with the bathwater. Did you feel like this movie had like a Hitchhawk feel to it? Uh, Hitchcock? Kind of, yeah. yeah. I could yeah. definitely, I could mm. definitely see that. Yeah, because I was watching it and I kind of felt like that at the same time. Um, but the person I saw the movie with, uh, they were saying that they felt like this should have been more like a Netflix movie instead of a theatrical film. In a way. I don't agree. I think that, again, as visually stunning as his movies are, they're definitely worth seeing on the big screen. Like, yeah. Even if you don't love them, just the amount of detail that he puts in you got to see it on a big screen to catch I'll admit, it all. I wish I watched it in the theater. But, yeah. I mean, I have a decent TV. Yeah. It looked good. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, um, I, I definitely i am glad I saw it on the theater. I was just yeah. like, it had that feel because there's a lot of Netflix movies coming out now, especially with the Pinocchio movie that he's doing. It doesn't come out until December of this year, and it's going oh, straight okay. to Netflix. I think it's actually more of like a, um, a Coraline kind of uh, nightmare uh, before okay. Christmas, kind of with the the stop motion stuff. Oh, okay, cool. I was gonna say oh, it's not live action, no. right? Okay, okay. Yeah. a lot of the actors like Ron Perlman and stuff, they're going to be doing. Well, then I definitely want to see Pinocchio and that'll somebody. be exciting. Actually, I love stop motion. I don't has has Guillermo Big Daddy G done any stop motion? <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> well, I don't aware. think so. I mean, yeah, this would be Coraline first... was Tim Burton, right? Oh, geez, I, think I don't know. Or produced so, by Tim Burton. Some of that. Sure. Like he did like that. And he did like uh, James and the Giant Peach. That was another mm. uh, one of those stop motion. I mean, I, like Brennan, you know, he uh, he loves that kind of stuff, like stop motion mm-hmm. stuff. And it's very rare to see like movies like that. I think like um, the Fantastic Mr. Fox. I don't know if you've seen that movie. It was another. Was it, that Wes, Wes uh, Anderson? I don't Who know. directed that? I thought that was a Wes Anderson. Movie. I know that like George Clooney is the main. Yeah, he plays the main fox. Yeah, yeah, that's a I good movie. Well, Bill Murray was in it too. Yeah, of course. Okay, then oh, it must Bill be Murray. Wes Anderson. Then it's yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. Um, the thing about the movie that I was trying to figure out is, um, so he killed his dad, or his dad died at the beginning of the film. Like he let his mm-hmm. dad die, or uh, we're talking so, about Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Character. So the so the how it's supposed to go is like his like for whatever reason he hated his dad. His dad got to a point where it's like, is right. he an alcoholic? It's it's referenced in the, especially in that therapy session with Lilith that it's like, oh, your dad was an alcoholic, and so by response you're like, I don't want to touch booze because I don't want to be like him or anything. And yeah, it so, smells awful mm-hmm. or something. But yeah, like that. and then of course like once his dad was frail enough, he just opens the window and during winter takes the blanket and he's. 
dies. Let's freeze, freeze to death. death. Yeah. So that is one that they deviated from the book that I wish they would have kept some of the original stuff from the book. So in the book, his mother actually abandons him and his father and takes off with another man. And he had actually seen her sleeping with that guy. Mm-hmm. And he was he believed that his dad drove her away because his dad was like an alcoholic, kind of abusive, um, but also like Bible thumper kind of guy. His dad killed his dog in the book. Oh, and damn. yeah. And so he's like, my dad killed my dog, drove my mother away and he's this mean alcoholic. So I wish they would have put a little bit in there because then it would have better explained like his relationships with women and part of why he hated his dad so much. You know, yeah. it would have really hit the point a little bit more. But I guess you can't only put so much in a movie. It was two and a half hours long. Ah, yeah. fuck it. I'll watch it. It was a long movie. I'll watch it. Apparently, the director's, the director's yeah. cut is like three hours and 45 minutes or something. Is it out? No. No. I, I don't even know if they're shit. going to, but I just saw this little blurb about like, I was looking at a bunch of the different, like on YouTube as different interviews. And one of them said, you know, his his cut is three hours and 45 minutes or something. Jeez. And who knows if it's going to come out. I'll watch that. Sure. I See, that's I, what I'm, yeah. I was, yeah. okay. I initially almost wanted to say I didn't like the film when I, like after I watched it, like I watched it and I just kind of like, I sat on my, on my couch for a minute and then I went and had a beer at one of the breweries and now I'm here and I've let it marinate a bit in some, in some alcohol and I do like it. I do think, I do think it is a good movie. I just don't like that twist with Kate Blanchett. Everything else I'm fine with. So the fact that she turned on him in the end was kind of... Just, it just didn't... It didn't. I, I get the whole, like, ah, I didn't see that coming. I just didn't feel earned. You know, I, I just didn't feel like there was enough setup. I, it's, like, it's like, why do you hate him? Are you like, what, are you just like a crazy person? Like, you're, that's, you're very methodical. This was presumably going on for months. And it's just like, I don't know. I feel like there should have been more, better motivation. Like she wanted revenge for something or like she, like maybe something goes wrong. She's like, fuck, I gotta, I gotta get him out of this. Okay, I'm gonna turn on him. I also too, like he just like, she just starts like giving him booze. And I'm like, oh, I guess he's drinking now. That's part of the manipulation. Yeah, okay. I think, I feel like. I feel like she like had him like under like hypnosis. Remember that first therapy session? I felt like there was like a little hypnosis thing when she like touched his head. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure. She's everything she did was methodical and manipulative. Um, and her character, again, I think the point that they tried to make in the movie, like with the scars and the way she talked about, like she hinted that she had been terribly abused and hurt in the world. And she was basically like, you know, some people, when they get so hurt, they're basically like, okay, I have to hurt and screw over everyone else before they do it to me kind of thing. And I got that impression that that's, that was kind of her space. Revenge on the world. Yeah. And she just wants to, you know, and she basically used him to screw over Ezra Grindle, who she may have had. Um, some other reviewers were thinking maybe there was something there with the history um, between those yeah, two. Yeah, she did that say. Maybe he hurt her in some way in the past. I was going to say, because towards the end, when uh, Molly shows up as, as the ghost, um, mm-hmm. like he's like, I've hurt women. I've hurt them really bad, and yada, yada. And then she's like, oh, yeah. Like she said, like he's he's not someone like actions with him can have irreversible consequences. I'm predicting yeah. that he left that scar. That's chest. what somebody else yeah. had, had had also interpreted from that. Yeah. So interestingly enough, in the book, they convinced Molly to sleep with Ezra Grindle, pretending to be his lost love, Dory. She actually has to sleep with wow, him. Wow, really? Yeah. So the book definitely opens up a lot of more um, paths in the story. Especially if yeah. we talk about the, Shit, the time that like it would have been a good like Netflix miniseries. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then we would have gotten more backstory, and maybe you would have better understood her motivations for screwing him, like yeah. Lilith's motivations for screwing Stanton over. We may have gotten a little bit more, and that's maybe the the difficult. I mean, anytime you make a book into a movie, you're gonna have to cut out a lot. I mean, most most books, if you want to make them into celluloid, you're gonna, you're talking you know twelve hours or something insane, like 
you want to do it justice. So you know, yeah. I'm I'm um I think we should just people should I'm I'm more on like the short series narrative now. That's kind mm-hmm. of like where I'm at. It's like like movies are great, <clears throat> you know, like like wrap something up in a two three hour thing. But it's like I don't know. Like I, I from what you're saying, it's like yeah, it seems like it would have been a good like six episode like you know or twelve episode yeah. mini series and like you know. Uh, Haunting of Hill House, you know that's that's a like a thirteen yeah, episode. Real. Oh, little, I loved that. I, I fucking love I watch that. it every yeah. Halloween. Bedneck lady. Oh, that got me at the end. That got me. Just I was I, I couldn't was stop thinking it. about it for days. Like I was predicting <sighs> like like right before like the, that episode where the big reveal who she was. I was like I told one of my friends I was like I think I think it's so and so. I won't spoil it. If we ever do an episode, I'll spoil it. But I won't spoil yeah, it yeah. now. Yeah. But like yeah. like uh, well then you find out. I'm like oh I fucking knew it. I know, <laughs> got you. I win, but um, no, yeah, I'm I'm kind of more on like that narrative now. I kind of like the the episodic storytelling bit versus like, I feel like that was what they should have done with Dune. Did you see Dune? Not yet. Dune's Not great. Yet. Is it? Yeah. It's really really good. I understood everything that was going on, but apparently, according to people who have read the book, they're like there was so much character development and so much shit that they left out. And I'm like, yeah, this probably would have done better as a series. Watches like a four hour cut of the film or something Jesus like that. Jesus Christ. I can see that. I can honestly see like a four or five hour version coming out and then like the second movie will be even longer and it's like like two movies are just fucking ten hours. Like God. together. Ten hours. Well, if we're all eventually <clears throat> gonna get COVID, it'll just be our COVID watches while we're sick, right? Yeah. Well, well, I was, sick, well when can... we got sick on, on, on New Year's, I was like, we should just like all go to Jason's and have like a like a movie orgy. <laughs> a COVID and, a COVID, like a co- a COVID orgy, orgy movie night party. Yeah, where we just get drunk and cough in each other, uh, that and, been and cuddle because we're all sweating and cold. <laughs> Feel my sickness. Oh yeah, fuck. Use my sweat as lube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you notice? Oh, well, you were talking about the book. Um, uh, I noticed between the time that uh, Stan and uh, Molly left the carnival, because he said, "I'm gonna give you. Uh, we're gonna take over mm. the world, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you the world and everything in it, or whatever." Um, two years passed. But it just says two years later. Mm-hmm. So in those two years, the book tells you what happened in those two years before. Is that is that what happened or kind of? Yeah, I mean, in the book, he goes on to do this, become like this spiritualist, and so they do a lot of these like seances, and there's all these parlor tricks, right, where they make people think that there's ghosts and they're talking to the ghosts of their loved ones, and he develops this church. So the whole thing with him being in that fancy, you know, upper class, you know, uh, performance in that like nice ballroom and stuff, like that never happens in the book. He never does anything like that in the book. Yeah. He just goes straight into being the spiritualist and he starts this church. Um, yeah. And he basically, he swindles Ezra Grindle out of an insane amount of money because um, he convinces him that he can bring his lost love back to the flesh. Oh. Um, but, he, but he has to believe so much that he helps him build this um, city that their spirit guide wants to be built. What was and Grindle? What was his occupation? He's just some billion millionaire i guess at the time millionaire would be yeah. a billionaire today um who just invests in all these different things i don't i didn't really catch exactly what his stan business goes, was, i just took him as rich man yeah because when like, stan goes and visits him yeah. he has to he hooks him up to a lie detector test mm-hmm. and all this shit i'm like who is this guy he's got a bodyguard and all this other kind of I stuff i love that actor by the way the bodyguard I don't yeah know i've name. seen him in a bunch he's of just, shit he's he was in fight in club <clears throat> He is also in, uh, you ever see Men of Honor with uh, Robert De Niro and, uh, no. and Cuba Gunn Jr.? He's in that. He's in Gangster Squad. He's just good in everything. He's just like He's one of those, those actors who like appears in shit and he's just always, he's just he always sells you. Yeah. He's big and bulky. Always sells you. And he's fucking huge too. He's a big motherfucker. Yeah. Um, 
The part though when Stan actually, you know, got a career going on with the clairvoyant thing. Mm. Like, do you notice his voice changed when he was like talking to the audience and stuff like that? He had this southern accent going on. Yeah, because Zena told him to lean into it, right? Uh-huh. Or somebody, and I remember yeah, somebody had it, said yeah. like, "Oh, it's that your your sounds draw. southern to southerners, western to westerners." Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, and your draw yeah. will will warm you up to people, and yeah. So interestingly enough, Bradley Cooper and his dialect coach, they picked a very specific like town in Pennsylvania. Was it Pennsylvania or was it Kansas? I think it was Kansas for his accent to be from. Like his dialect coach had all these recordings of all these different accents, literally down to like towns and counties. And they picked a very specific town where his accent and he spent months perfecting that specific accent. Yeah. That's so much he cares about his character. That's really, that's really cool. And, and, uh, Big Daddy G had him take. <laughs> We're just gonna keep calling him that. Boxing. Fuck you, dude. He actually had him take boxing lessons, and he said it's because that would it better inform him to move how men of the time would have moved because boxing was a big thing back then. I guess. I think the film is set like in uh, the 40s, pre World War II. So it's like you were saying Roosevelt was the president. There's so. a um, there's a reference to like, hey, that that guy who looks like uh, Chaplin, he just invaded Poland. The balls on him, which I was like, oh, hey, that's that's I know that reference. Uh, and then it's yeah, like yeah. two years later, like, oh, Mr. Carlisle, it seems we're at war, and it's like, oh, Pearl Harbor. So it, it was like World War II, basically. Mm. Yeah, I kind of felt like which we I were fucking just in another love time that time, like in terms of like style and everything, like the mm-hmm, those hats mm-hmm. and those coats and yeah, clean cuts. It's like, ugh, so sexy. so so Ruby, you were talking about how this was an actual remake of an old yeah, film. Yeah, so apparently the book. I want to say came out in 46 and then there was a movie. I can't remember if it was like 47 or 48 very shortly afterwards. Um, yeah. So this is technically a remake of that 1940s movie and the movie was based on the book. I didn't even know so, that it was a remake. That's yeah. crazy. And yeah, I had some, heard that too. Yeah. You did? Yeah. I tried to find it, but I it's I think it's not easy to get. Um, but I did watch a few reviews where the reviewer had seen the 47 and he they mentioned like some of the differences was like, in the 47 film, um, Molly comes back and rescues him from being a geek, for example, because they didn't think audiences would like it ending with him just being a geek. Is that how the book ends, um, too? No. The book just the book actually just ends with the guy saying, the uh, carnival director saying to him, um, just until we get a real geek. And it ends with that. So there's no... So in that... So in the 47 film, the guy says, I was made for this. And in this version... Bradley Cooper says, I was born for this. Uh, so they tweak. And it was an interesting, people also took that to be a difference of like, he's coming back around to who he is. Whereas in the older movie, they were hinting that all of his experiences made him. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Uh, you know, it was funny. Like, <clears throat> I didn't know much about the movie. I didn't know what Guillermo was going to do with it. I'm like, okay. So like when they first showed the first geek, I was like, is he gonna be Eating like the a, chicken? Is he gonna be like a monster? Because I just yeah. like you just see like you just he's like yeah. all like like balled up and he's like <sighs> I'm just like oh you're just gonna see like a Guillermo del Toro type monster come out and and, and you're gonna feel <laughs> sorry for him and and you know like shape of water I don't know but it's but it's I'm like oh no it's a guy he's a literal because he's like he will go days without food and water and live off the atmosphere I'm like oh maybe he's like a monster or like an alien it's like no it's just a crackhead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. a crackhead. It's just he's a like human. shove him in a cage, like down, boy, down. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's treated really like an animal. Human. Hey, what 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 would happen if you got two? Like, if you took two geeks and you put them in like a room and like a couple microphones, what would you get? A mosh pit. You get a geek mosh pit. Oh yeah, podcast. <laughs> hey, what do you know? I've been waiting to make that joke all day. All oh, right, geez. that's a wrap, guys. I'll be here all week. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, yeah, the whole thing with him becoming a geek at the end—that was. 
I didn't see that one coming, actually. I just I knew that he was going to be going uh, – his life was going to turn ship and not like where he was going to get back on the carnival and actually be like, well, I can do this. You know, you said he was born for it or something like that. Yeah, or... did they reference that uh, Willem Dafoe's character died? Because he's like, oh, I got this from a guy who, who keeled over. Yes, something. yeah. So, yeah, Willem yeah. Dafoe died. And, like, no, or, the... or he sold it because that carnival – so in the book, that carnival shuts down and, and like Xena marries um, the guy who didn't have legs. Was there and they a, have a farm. Was there in the a book. paraplegic in the movie? I don't remember that. Yeah, there was the one guy who was, he just was moving around on his arms. I don't even remember that. Yeah, I don't remember it either. But Maybe I'm conflating the book and the movie. I guess I, I, guess I, I guess I couldn't see him. He was too low. I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, a, a spider lady. I remember that. Uh, a spider oh, lady. Yeah. I remember that the was guy. William Defoe's character's wife. In the movie. Oh. Really? That's his wife. Nice. Um, I remember the strong guy, which uh, Ron Perlman played. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. no, it, you know, it was overall, it was a, it was a good film. And, and you know, I, I definitely enjoyed watching it. Um, other than my gripe about the Kate Blanchett uh, twist. Um, no, it was good. I I think I, since you mentioned the uh, the foreshadowing and like the fun house, I want to go back and watch it again. And like, Yeah. No, yeah. actually, you were saying that like, yeah, God, yeah. that's that's cool. That's cool that he did that. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, like I can't get enough Guillermo. Like he's everything he makes is good. I wasn't a huge fan of Shape of Water, and I definitely <clears throat> when she starts having the dream sequence and she starts dancing with the fish man, I lost it. I was I was checked out. <laughs> oh yeah, me, me and my friend were literally just like cracking up in the theater like, hysterically, like loud. The whole theater's quiet, and we're just cracking up because like this is ridiculous. Like what is this? And the movie kind of lost me there, but otherwise, I, I like Guillermo's style. I need to see his the big his big one. I need to see Pan's Labyrinth and and uh, yeah, Pan's Labyrinth. I think was, is probably his biggest film. Maybe I don't know. That's usually people talk about that. Yeah, one. I mean, yeah. I love it's it. very bizarre. I love the same that. time. Yeah. I love Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Um, would you suggest Nightmare Alley, Ruby, to any of your uh, listeners? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Especially if you're a Guillermo del Toro fan. I mean, it's. It's a quintessential. And he actually said that this changed his directing style. So moving forward, there might be some things that we yeah, see. Yeah, because there was no flashy on. monsters. I just didn't get any or... Doug Jones. I wanted more Doug Jones. That would have been, you know, yes. I wanted that Doug Jones. Yes. What if thing Doug too. Jones played the geek? Or he played or he played Camp Blanchett. I've been playing Lilith. Dr. Lilith Ritter. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, uh, really quick though about the movie, um, I was trying to follow the thing that Willem Dafoe was talking to Stan about, like how he he gets a geek like he's like it's like yeah. a homeless guy or something. He puts something in their alcohol or something opium. like that. Yeah. Opium. Like, like, like a concentrated yeah. opium drops, which was like huge back in like the like kind of like mid to late 1800s and mm-hmm. the early 1900s. Like they would give it to like, uh, like, do you ever see Tombstone? Like yes. The board housewives would take it like yeah. or something like that. Opium like, dens too were a big yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that too was almost because carnivals are kind of known for having that exploitative sort of oh, carnivals and element were to fucking them very exploitative like, and like yeah. you're basically taking somebody who's a drug addict and making it worse and then forcing them to do these really awful things you know that just strip them of their humanity and then keeping them in a cage i mean it's like could you imagine anything lower and that's why ultimately like stanton's downfall like you knew it was coming but i also didn't know it was going to be like like that's literally like the bottom 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 of the barrel i don't yeah. know how much lower it would get for a person yeah. than that yeah yeah yeah, no, like it's like that's kind of been like the big reveal like lately over the last like twenty years of like well at least in pop culture like oh yeah like circuses and carnivals are actually really terrible, and uh, mm. they treat the 
the animals and the people like absolute garbage and they just exploit everyone and it's just terrible and uh that being said, I want to go to a circus at some point. But God. <laughs> to, we were talking about circus. Hey, there you go. If you got two hundred dollars, right? Hey, <laughs> I'm actually um, my vocal coach is helping me with a song from Cirque du Soleil, "Let Me Fall," which Josh Groban made famous. Oh. Um, yeah, and so we've been we've been working on that lately. It's a good song. I didn't even know that that show had music, yeah. but I don't. I've never do you remember? Seen it. Do you remember um, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Knocked up with Seth Rogen. Oh yeah, yeah. Where he got really fucking like he was on, I think Molly or Him something. And who he went with uh, Paul the Rudd. brother Paul Rudd. Yeah, they took no, they took acid. They took and acid. Went to Soleil in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and they were shipping out so hard. He's like, I can't handle this, and he runs off because it was like some big baby looking fucking guy or yeah. something like that. That's awesome. I actually yeah. think in reality that'd be pretty cool. But. Oh god, if that you go to Cirque Soleil on drugs, <laughs> tripping the fuck out. Yeah, like seriously, like see Blue Man Group on fucking like heroin or something. Like Dude, that. someone I know. I think uh, Vegas on mushrooms is actually uh, Jesus fun. Christ. You know, going to Vegas on Halloween is amazing. Like oh, it's so fucking it. awesome. Everyone's in costumes all down the strip. It's, it's, it's awesome. What were you gonna say, Anthony? Oh, uh, I mean, your story sounds cooler. But no, I was gonna say that uh, one of my friends when he saw High Lung, uh, he was on mushrooms. Which that's the bam <gasps> to seed on mushrooms. Was that the, at the Regency Ballroom yeah. show? Were you we there? were there. Oh, so it was, was such I. A good show. Wow. Yeah, so Too bad you guys didn't know each other at that time. Oh yeah, that, no. that show was fucking sold out, dude. Yeah. I had to get resale tickets. I paid like a hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. Dude, wow. it was so cool because before the show, like people were like such fanatics. They people were like singing and chanting the lyrics in the audience. Oh, Do you yeah. remember that? So was I. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I pre pre show too, there were some people behind me uh, um, screaming Haka Skulder. And they were just like, because they were waiting for the show to start. So they just start chanting like the Haka yeah. song, basically. And uh, yeah, no, it's it was cool. And like, that's the show where it's like, if you pull your phone out, people get pissed. Like if you start filming during, they're like, hey, put your phone away, dude. Like no one cares about most shows, but like, like High Long. And I mean, I filmed, everyone was on their phone on Wardruna, but on High Long, if someone pulled their phone out, someone yelled at them. Is it's weird. I like going to shows they, with you. They treat it like they treat it like church. It's well, weird. Well, I feel like it goes beyond just music. Like it is a ritual. It's a full yeah. on ritual. It's almost like there's a sacred element to it. That's just that. I think that's why they got so immensely popular like overnight because yeah. I think they tapped into something. Like in our modern world, we're missing that connection to nature and that sort of you know. And people are looking for something kind of connection beyond what traditional religion has has presented us yeah. so i think they've tapped into something incredible that deep um, dark pagan you yeah know. i will go see them every time they're in town yeah yeah God. i actually, love actually i love going to shows with you anthony because you get really into it a lot like i remember <laughs> we uh, saw periphery um huh. and uh he brought like this flag from this band called periphery it was some like thing where he got it signed oh by the yeah band. yeah and i had him all and so it. i'm up in the balcony and i can see him down below and there were like lights all going in place and the light shined on him and he's got the fucking flag or and he's just like rubbing it off. No, you know, you know what I did? You know what I did? Because so we, we had a VIP meet and greet with Periphery. And so, you know, we hung out with them. We talked to them. And I said, hey, I'm going to sign my flag. And I'm like, hey, if I throw this on stage, I just asked him, like, if I throw this on stage, like, I don't know, like, we guys like play with it, like wear it. I don't know. Like, and they're like, yeah, absolutely. That'd be fucking, I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to just throw it, like, it'd be inappropriate. Like, no, 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 go ahead. I was like, okay. So I waited till about halfway through the set, pulled that out of my pocket, hucked it on the stage. I saw Jake Bowen pull, pick it up. And then Misha puts it on and starts like running. Or, or no, it was Mark. Mark put it on and started running back and forth on the stage during one of the songs. And then they threw it off stage and like me and some dudes fought over it. And I was like, guys, this is actually my flag. And I don't know if they believe me, but I got my fucking flag back. I would have yeah. beat a motherfucker up. But I, no, I got that with my pre-order when I pre-ordered nice. Periphery 3. 
Nice. Yeah. No, I, I, I just I, remember I you were hard. so soaked in the moment. It was, it was hilarious. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. So yeah. it was uh, definitely like a little fanboy moment. Uh, Ruby, by the way, before we, we end the episode, is there any bands that you've been listening to lately? Like that you've been really like digging? Cause we also like to talk about music here on the show. And, uh, one thing we always talk about is, you know, metal music or whatnot, but what you said you like a lot of heavy music, right? I do like a lot of heavy music, but lately I've actually been listening to like, I call it spooky surf rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally know. Um, you listen yeah. to ghost at all? I love Ghost. Okay. Yeah, I, I love, love Ghost. Ghost, um, Ghost so usually like, isn't spooky rock, though. I mean... Well, Surf I'm, surf, surf is instrumental. Oh, okay. So um, there's a band called The Ghastly Ones that was produced by Rob Zombie, and they're really, really cool. So it's like, think surf music, but with like horror sound effects and elements to it. So it feels like Halloween, but at the beach. That seems right up your um, alley. Oh, I love it. And uh, who else? Uh, Low Straight Jackets is really good. The Ghastly Ones. Like, there's all these great bands that do like spooky surf. Um, silly. I'm also really into like everything tiki. Uh, creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Like, come to the Bear Republic. We have a, a tiki bar room that we never use. <gasps> what? You never use it? I don't know. Come through. We'll, we'll, I'll, I remember I'll, you I'll on, on one of your episodes. You were talking about you and Yark. You he loves tiki bars or something. You we kinda... we love tiki bars. Yeah. So during the pandemic, because we couldn't go to any, I just I got some books and started like doing mixology and making my own tiki drinks and getting building our mug collection and stuff. So yeah, that's <laughs> kind of a little side obsession. You need to build a, a tiki bar when you move. We full on plan on doing that. Man, yeah, that'd be 100%. so cool. Play some Hawaiian music or pol- something like that. A Polish that. black metal punk guy and a pinup girl <laughs> in a tiki bar. <laughs> God, I'd, I'd, I'd pay to go. I'll, I'll, I'll go to I'll fly cool, out to it. There's actually a cool tiki bar in Sacramento. I think they're called Bird of Paradise, but they do um, Black Sabbath Sunday, Bloody Sunday, where they play Black Sabbath and serve tiki drinks um, and have like this all day happy hour thing. Oh, that's that cool. They, I don't know if they're still doing it, but I never made it and I always wanted to go because I'm like, that sounds fucking amazing. Like, oh, we all got to take a Sunday. It'll be really cool though, is like going to Vegas. You said there was like a pool party. Or something like that. Really- oh, uh, Viva Las Vegas Rockabilly Weekend. Yeah, they had a big pool party, and there was a surf band that did a bunch of Black Sabbath covers. And that was... Oh, that oh man, really that sounds cool. so cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, that sounds really Vegas. cool. If you're in Vegas, you got to go to the Golden Tiki and Frank's Tiki Room. Those two are like... The shit. Golden Tiki, actually, it's like Dirty Disney. You go inside <sighs> the bathroom, and the wallpaper's got like a bunch of naked people and penises. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and in the men's room, there's a voice that'll come on and like start insulting you and... Um, it's just it's crazy and it's beautiful and it's they have like old Disney props in there. Um, Did you ever go to the cozy car here in town? Oh, the old God. porn bar. Well, when it was around, you Is never heard not, of the cozy no. car. So it had naked girls like pictures of them everywhere. And then okay. what they would do is they would have '90s infomercials that would go on for about two minutes, and then for about anywhere between ten to thirty seconds, porn, hardcore porn. <laughs> and then it would stop. And the cool thing about that Hot, place, new things. Yeah. And then we'll see you next week. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what was that? Like, There's also like 80s things. You like watch like a My Little Pony commercial from the 80s. And then it just goes straight from this guy railing this chick. And then go back <laughs> to like a, a Ronald McDonald. <laughs> yeah. Like it McDonald's like, thing. I, and I met the owner and I'm like, so why? He's like, why the fuck not? I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you there. That's yeah, they, the, they had waterbeds as like... Um, as like seats. Oh they do like fucking $2 beers too. Yeah. Like like it was actually... Very nostalgic. It, it was a dive punk, bar. I used, rock, I used to yeah. do coke in the bathroom, but it was a fun place to hang out at. Oh, <laughs> and it's gone? They yeah. closed down, but oh. um, so I won't say who because I don't want to give this away yet, but some people I know who already own a bar might buy it. I'm not going to say who though. Mm. Probably shouldn't even say that. I, don't I actually kind of... I'll cut this I out. don't know who, but I heard, <laughs> I heard the bar that's going to be doing it. 
So yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. Same. Um. So, anyways, Ruby, where could uh, listeners find you with uh with your um podcast or or anything in general? Yeah. So the podcast is on Spotify. It's Pinups and Poltergeists. Um. And it's the ampersand and. I don't know. I hopefully that will make a difference. Somebody's ripping off my podcast and using the word and I'll be very pissed. Oh, fuck um, <laughs> I'm on Instagram. It's at the underscore Ruby underscore Stardust. I have. I put my ukulele, spookulele videos on YouTube, and it's just Ruby Stardust is my channel. Um, yeah, I love your Instagram stories too. They're great. They're uh-huh. great. You should make like a like a, a short video of all these things that you're doing, like with the the Instagram stories. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I should. Yeah, I'm on TikTok, but I don't do as much with that as I. Oh, TikTok. Should, I think if but... all of us use TikTok, we'd all be famous. That's how fucking. <laughs> Probably. It's not that like I mean we're all pretty talented people. It's not that hard to to like get a following. But I'm. Just Have you seen Anthony's American Idol? Oh shut up. <laughs> yeah, do you know that I sang once and like yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> <The> <laughs> I was Vi- on TV one time. The Viking with a voice. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, thanks for joining us here, uh, being a part of the mosh pit on this uh, yeah, on this episode. Thanks, thanks um, for coming on. Yeah, My we'd pleasure. like to have you again sometime soon. Um, but yeah, uh, Anthony, where could uh, people find us? We are the Geek Mosh Pit Podcast. We are on Spotify. We are on Instagram. I haven't updated our Twitter in a while. We also have a Facebook yeah, that's just Twitter. linked to our Instagram because I'm lazy. So you can find us there. Stop drinking the alcohol. What, what is it like? The <laughs> underscore geek underscore mosh pit underscore so. podcast underscore underscore underscore. Yeah. Just type it in. <laughs> you'll get a picture of Darth Vader playing the guitar. Exactly. So um, I think uh, next episode, hopefully you get the guys from Now you have a show tomorrow night. Now I know by the time this comes on uh, Spotify, the shows are going to be over yeah. with. But uh, your band here to fall. Maybe we can get those guys on or at least oh, Stefan. Oh, they, they absolutely. Everyone wants to come on. We we, we have we have quite the few episodes. We have What's the, the next episode first? I don't know, but we're gonna either have Hero on or Stefan on for Watchmen. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, once again, Ruby, thanks for joining us. Um, check out her podcast, uh, Pinups and Poltergeist, uh, on Spotify, as you said. Um, and any other mediums like, uh, are you um, doing anything soon? That now, actually, what I heard really quick is that. Brandon took some photos of you. That's actually I first met you uh, with a Nightmare on Elm Street thing. It's actually going to be in a magazine. Yes, oh, I didn't know it's that. Still, I have to submit. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's it's going to be in it. But yeah, we're we're um, now that all that we have all the pictures from the set. You have to have a certain amount of pictures to submit them. So now that we have all the pictures that we need, I have submitted them to a magazine. Um, I can't say too much about it, but yeah, it's a very, very, you can look on my Instagram. I have some of the images on there already. I just didn't want to put the full setup because then the magazine won't want it if you publish everything on Instagram. But yeah, yeah, so I did a Freddy Krueger pinup shoot with um, Brennan. Brennan, It's Brennan West Photography on Instagram if you want to check him out as well. But yeah, that's a really cool, that turned out so cool. He was really good with the lighting and we have, there's, you know, one picture of me licking a skull. Um, so yeah. I like how we did the uh, the thing where you're you're holding it's like Nancy's face or something like in like yeah here. so it's like a crystal ball yeah um and then yeah he's because we wanted to make it look like a movie poster so uh, yeah sounds, yeah it's gonna be really cool nice. it was really really cool that's pretty cool all right everybody well that's another episode of the Geek Mosh Pit podcast I'm Jason I'm Anthony and thanks again Ruby for joining us and uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode Bad. later. Oh,